Welcome to The Color Line, an audio presentation of the Black Experience. Episode 3. So I've been on this kind of voyage to find my purpose. I think there were a few times where I knew intuitively what I wanted to be doing, but the more that I tried to go in that direction, you know, I was pulled somewhere else for different reasons and they were like finances, um, responsibility, having to pay back student loans. and then. At some point, I realized I was getting too far from where I felt I needed to be, and so I had to make a decision at that point to kind of leave what I had created behind and go forth and kind of venture into maybe like the unknown, if you will. There's definitely a few things I understand make me happy today. They're hardwood floors. They're my dog. They are creating art, painting. They're kind of having real real moments with people, again, um, being close to my culture, which is the black culture, of course, and even having a better and deeper understanding and relationship with my friends and family. I had worked for one of like the top you know, companies there, there's out there um, as a consultant for a few years where I was kind of misplaced. I used to work at you know, states like North Carolina for months at a time. And I really would feel as if I was getting further and further from kind of being home and, and kind of finding that groove. So, and then I was in New York for a while. That's where I was born and raised. And I felt the need to come to California and venture out. And I started working for a television company. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the Bay Area, but have a population of black people of like 0 0.001 or something. I mean, where I was staying at was the South Bay in a town called Mountain View. In California, I mean, it's beautiful, right? You have the views, you have the mountains, you have color. You know, when you drive home at 5 p.m., you still see the daytime and it's beautiful. But the South Bay, to me, lacked culture. It lacked diversity not only of the people, but of thought. I mean, you had these families that were centered around that nine to five job. And then the things that you were expected to do outside of that had to deal with the company as well. I'm originally from New York, you know, born and raised. Uh, where I'm from, there's so many different cultures and they live in a mingle of each other. So you will have Spanish Harlem, then you go down to Brooklyn and you have black people, you have Jewish people, you have, um, you know, Mexican people. We're all kind of in this little cosmopolitan area and everyone is only like a bus ride or a train ride away. And to move from someplace that is so in tune with, you know, different cultures and different ways of thinking and even just the respect for those other cultures and to go out to the South Bay it was like, 
what did I do? <laughs> like, where am I? And how do people live like this? You know, some of my experience deals with combating, you know, white supremacy, dealing with just white men in the workforce that expect you to say yes, no, you know, just to really kind of quiet your own voice so that other people aren't offended by how brilliant you may be. There were so many times where I would go into work and I'd be like, why am I here? <laughs> I could almost do this type of work at home. And I didn't really understand the value of making relationships with anyone there because I don't really feel as if they were genuine relationships. It is very difficult to navigate the waters when you are the only black person. It's difficult to figure out who you can confide in. I mean, there was a Asian woman who I worked underneath and I thought that we were both minorities and so we would deal with the same issues, but we actually had two different experiences. And so I was put in a position where I felt as if some people wanted me to look bad in order for them to look better. And I had a lot of trust issues within just the politics of how the business was run. I think it can be very isolating. There were times where I would isolate myself and there were times where I definitely felt isolated. And so, you know, I would go to the corner and, you know, near the window and I'd probably would try to design or something. And they would be like, well, why is she sitting over there? I mean, like, almost like who does she think she is or even is she, does she want to be separate from us? But I think the truth was I didn't feel comfortable being with them because I felt so separated with the other things that were going on. Because in the last, I would say, six months or so, what's been really prevalent and happening in the real world has affected just my mentality of how I deal and interact with white people. And, you know, you have to be able to trust the people that you work around and understand that you guys have a common ground, a common concern, common values. And I really didn't feel that. And so I would start to isolate myself and I would, you know, I would do my work, but I was no longer, I was no longer really involved in any real way with the company. Trying to, yeah, definitely trying to navigate what to say. Because I can remember a point in time where you know, you come in for Monday morning status, you have this thing to do. So you come in, you're like, hey, um, so how was your weekend? It's like, well, um, my weekend was really upsetting. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking and, and, you know, in tears or just completely angry about the shootings that have gone in in Ferguson. I remember going to, Twitter had like this event in San Francisco where their CEO, Jack Dorsey, was supposed to talk to us about, you know, violence or, you know, just the fact that he and him, his company has almost 0.005% black people in the workforce and they've been around for a few years now. So I went to that event and I was thinking that it would be one thing and it ended up being something completely different. And so the black people in the Bay Area actually have a Google group it's called YBSF, and it's really a great platform for us to connect with one another. And there was this whole thread going on after the event that Jack Dorsey had, where we're all talking about the event and what everyone was feeling, but not necessarily knew how to say this 
at the event. So the event was for Black Twitter, and the purpose was to really get a better understanding of what Twitter could do better to get more or to hire more Black people or to kind of fix those relations. And after eating the cheese and the wine and, you know, talking with each other, we looked around and realized that the company was not really there. You had the CEO, you had, you know, a few Twitter people sprinkled in the room, but for us, it was more so a ploy to seem as if they were trying to fix the issue or fix the problem. But when we asked him, you know, so are you guys looking to hire now? We got the answer of no. And I mean, just to think about that experience and the experience of coming to Monday Morning Status when I try to bring up, you know, Ferguson and the shootings and for them to kind of dismiss that statement and go, oh, well, you know, the Olympics are coming up and we're really excited about this. To me, made me feel so separate even more than when I had first joined the company and things were not as tense as they were. And don't get me wrong, like, it's been years that there's been police shootings. I mean, my first case that I really recognized was the Sean Bell case that happened in Queens, New York. I remember I was in high school at the time and this black man in his uh, car was shot up right outside of like this, I don't know if it was like a club or a nightclub. And he was supposed to get married the next day. And I remember creating art right after that happened because I was just so emotionally upset about how could he not be armed? How could there be no cause for, you know, this type of murder to occur? And then what happens is you go to sleep, you know, you you put it to the back of your mind. You see that they, they're doing protests and so you believe that something will happen and then you hear about Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown and the list and the names just keep coming and they keep coming and you start to realize like this is an epidemic and this is systemic and this is this is such a huge huge thing that I can't necessarily come into work every day and sit and have these conversations with these people if they're not concerned and they don't want to know and so that's probably my answer to you know how do you feel it's you know so what I would do was I had to stay connected in some type of way with people like me who felt how I felt. And so, I mean, I was literally at work looking at the YBSF channel, looking at Facebook, staying informed of the news. And, you know, there were definitely protests that were going on um, and they would have them, you know, if I wanted to go drive like an hour after work to, you know, to protest, I could have done that. But for me, it was more so conversations, talking about what the solution could be. I believe Killer Mike, he had um, this idea and they actually pushed it through YBSF as well as, you know, a friend told a friend that we were supposed to kind of not, not shop at certain places. I think it was Target, right? We were supposed to put our money in a black owned, you know, um, business and, or, or bank. And those are great initial starters. Unfortunately, like, believe that there's so much work to be done to continue because I definitely get how those things can help and the idea of them can help to 
kind of pacify maybe some of the ways that I was feeling at the time like okay well since we're all going to do this and look people are moving and so many people care and you know they've been marching for this long and you know things are happening I know it was helpful to think about but I could not necessarily talk to anyone about all of these things and so again it was just very isolating very isolating so finding my purpose has it's just it's been such a revelation through time but also through spiritual communication that I've been having as well as just a really close friend motivating and talking to me like you know what you're you're extremely talented and having those affirmations of you know what I can step out and do something that I really want to do for me this time you know I think that there's a lot of things that we can use as tools to stop us from really completing that goal that you have in mind but in reality you're so kind of in charge and so I remember um, I was watching this this video with uh, T.D. Jakes's daughter she was speaking about having an empty hand and so this was you know this is when I decided that I wanted to quit. And I was realizing that, you know, not really having the savings that I had hoped for at the time and looking around and, you know, the guy I was dealing with, he was ready to leave and go back to a city where he felt comfortable and wanted to be. And really looking at my life for what it was. Like, I don't necessarily have anything but I know what I want. I know that I feel most alive when I'm painting. I feel most alive when I'm communicating, when I'm connecting with people like me. I feel most alive when I'm helping others. I feel most alive when I'm, you know, babysitting my neighbor. I feel most alive when I'm in the real world. I love nature so much that actually being in the confines of someone's office is really not for me anyway. So that became such a defining point you know watching that video and understanding that the gifts that I already have is kind of all I need to make that step and to find that to get on the right path there's a lot of reasons why I feel that the bay was missing culture I think that they were missing real trees I felt like you know there's there was no real soil and depth there coming here has been such a joy for me I mean I really feel as though what LA does possess is variety of culture and it seems as though you guys have everything like your stores are okay this is like our Mexican Mart where you can go ahead and pick up some guava you can go over here to you know Koreatown and get some dope ramen then you can get your weed like at this beauty supply place on Crenshaw and so having that having those things at your fingertips you know you can't really you can't really define how <laughs> how joyful that makes me as a New Yorker because I'm used to being able to take a subway or a train ride to get to the things that I need and so you know I have a bike now I can go you know five minutes away to an art supply store to get the canvas or you know anything that I could think of so that has been great and then I mean just today for example like I was in Inglewood and I wanted to get some hair products and so I'm walking into this beauty supply store and when I say I know 
you know, a hood supply store when I see one. I was just so thrilled. I was like, oh my gosh, they have Shea Moisture. You know, they have olive oil. I'm looking at the products and I'm smiling and then you see just the the rows of you know the fake jewelry with the bamboo earrings and what is that like lip gloss that they used to have back in the day they're selling hot combs and then everything has like a little orange sticker on it like this is 5.99 i'm like 5.99 this would have been 15 dollars plus shipping because i would need to get it from amazon when i was in the south bay so that joy and then seeing like this young lady today she was i think she was listening to Chris Brown or Usher and she was just singing and she was like you know getting off of school she's probably in high school and her friends were there and they were just getting their beauty supply stuff and I think I really missed that because I used to sing at work and people used to look at me strangely and I'm not saying that you know if you are a different culture that you can't enjoy life and sing you know in the day but I thought that that was isolating for me for them to just think that I was so different all the time and to finally see someone who looked just like me singing in life and just not really worrying about stuff. That made me feel more connected to LA, more connected to my culture, more connected to just life in general. I mean, I think it is so important to stay connected to your cultures. I mean, I was just having a conversation with my Nigerian friend the other night and um, he was telling me how, you know, he has his friends here that are, you know, what is it called? I think one of the Kardashians says this. What is it like? They're, um, they're, it starts with an A. Armenian, I think. Yeah, they're Armenian. And he has some Armenian friends. And, you know, they'll, you know, they'll cut it up together. They'll go party, they'll go drink or whatever. And they'll have really good conversation. But when it's time to talk business, they go back and they go to their Armenian cultures with their family members and they do business together. And when they're trying to fundraise for a cause for someone who's coming to the States for the first time, they, you know, they fundraise to get that person situated in an apartment. And so that type of mentality and that type of love is something that I believe every culture has the capacity to do because I think, you know, Think it's needed i mean you will be literally out in a place that you've never been before and it's important to see that you have a staple you have a center you have um, a church you have a synagogue you have a mosque where you can go ahead and get whatever it is that you need because we were all raised differently we're all from different places and as you navigate through life it's important for you to know like hey they carry the thing that i that i feel most at home with like me actually singing a hot comb has nothing to do with the fact that i want to straighten my hair it's the fact that this is you know something that reminds me of where i'm from and so i feel very comfortable and i know that this is a new city but i can go ahead and navigate and figure out what i need to do and again with this whole idea of him having these armenian friends you know when you do want to start black owned businesses it's not just about you know you trying to take something out of the community what you're actually trying to do is give something to your community and provide a place whether it's a platform for you to sell your business but also ensure that whenever your community needs something that you're here for support so 
I think it's super important, not only in that way, but in defining who you are so that you're not unsure. You don't have to look for someone of a different culture to kind of make up for what you feel like you're lacking. You know, so I went to um, an organization's kind of um, conference the other weekend and I was approached by a female who I met her a few times before and her name escaped me unfortunately but I was amazed by how much she knew about me and what was going on in my life currently based off what she saw on social media. And so at one point I made a post and I decided to just be truthful and say like, hey, I finally made it to LA, you know, I quit the job I didn't want. I went ahead and made the necessary steps to get in line with what I wanted out of life. And she literally started to tear and she was telling me how she really wanted to go to Boston and how she wasn't necessarily meant to be in tech in the Bay Area and that she feels like she was doing it and staying here because of pressures from her parents or pressures from, you know, the fact that she got this degree and she needed to pay back these loans from school. But for her, seeing me kind of take that step was what she needed to motivate her to do it for herself. While at that conference, they also talked about you know, closing your eyes and envisioning the life that you want for someone you care about. And so one of the ladies went into detail about how she felt her sister should know that she's beautiful and she can accomplish anything that she wants. And so the takeaway was the thing that you want most for others is the same thing that you want for yourself. And so there's two parts. One is to kind of unveil perhaps what you're going through in order to bless someone else for them to kind of see what's also possible for them. And then the second part would be just to to really share and also like realize that you can accomplish anything that you, you know, you see for your for other people. You can get it for yourself.